Good morning. <laughs> welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. As we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, we've come fully into the Epiphany season that began last night, and now, of course, we go through and we mark all these occasions whereby God reveals his glory, where Jesus is revealed as the Savior of the nations, the Savior of all sinners. And so today, we see Jesus as he goes down to the River Jordan to be baptized, not for the forgiveness of his sins, but so that he can take all of our sins upon himself and bear them to the cross for our salvation. Before we get any further into the service proper, I'll turn your attention to the back of the bulletin, where we have a section of Luther's small catechism there. As we're continuing our practice of following our midweek school students uh, with their memory work throughout the year. So today we have before us the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. God grant it for the sake of our Savior Jesus. Well, we have the great joy of receiving our Lord's body and blood this day, and he bids that we be in unity in our confession, not just concerning the supper, but all of what we confess as baptized Christians. Therefore, all those joining us at the altar this day, we ask be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Therefore, if you are not a member of that confession by being either a member of this church or of a sister congregation, we do ask that you refrain from receiving the Lord's Supper this day, and we pray for that day to come when all divisions shall cease. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 1 as it begins on page 151. We now sing the first hymn. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Testament reading for the baptism of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 42. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, 
who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, dear saints in Christ Jesus, a blessed epiphany to you all. In keeping with the theme for epiphany, the season of light, the season of revealing Christ's glory. Well, Christ's baptism by John in the Jordan reveals who God is. God is the Almighty Father who speaks his approval from heaven of his beloved Son, God is the Son, our Lord become our brother, standing in the Jordan River. God is the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, who descends on Jesus like a dove. These are not three gods, but one God. This is the only God. All other gods are idols, false gods. It is not true that all people who worship only one God worship the same God. The God of Judaism is not the true God. The God of Islam is not the true God. There is only one true God. The true God is God revealed at the baptism of Jesus. The true God is the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The true God is the God in whose name we have been baptized. Christ's baptism shows us who God is. Nowhere else in all of Holy Scripture is the triune God more clearly revealed as triune than at the baptism of Jesus. But then comes the Lutheran question, right? Why? Why should Jesus be baptized? John's baptism gave the forgiveness of sins. St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, reads, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance 
for the forgiveness of sins. Why should Jesus come to John to be baptized? Jesus had no sin that needed to be forgiven. Not only that, Jesus was, as John had already publicly proclaimed and confessed and preached, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why should the innocent Lamb of God come to receive a washing that was for sinners? Well, Jesus explained why. He said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What does this mean to fulfill all righteousness? Well, it means that Jesus came into this world to obey God. God demanded righteousness of those he made in his own image. That's us. They, we, had fallen into sin. Jesus came to provide the righteousness that fallen humanity could not achieve. He came to live a righteous life as the substitute for all sinners, and he came to suffer and to die on the cross to receive the divine punishment against all the unrighteousness of all sinners. This perfect obedience of Jesus is called righteousness in the Bible. When the Bible teaches us that we are justified, that is, declared not guilty of our sins, declared by God to be righteous through faith, this means that we are justified by receiving Christ's righteousness when we trust in him as our Savior. We Christians are righteous because Christ did what God required of us and then gave us the credit for it. We are righteous because Christ took the blame for our sins and fully suffered our punishment on the cross. We are righteous because God has given us the righteousness of Jesus. Thanks be to God for that. We are justified by faith and by faith alone because faith is how we receive the righteousness that Jesus has accomplished. He came to fulfill all righteousness. He came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He came to love with a perfect love, and he did, loving both God and neighbor perfectly. Jesus loved his Father more than he loved anything else. He loved God with his whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loved those who hated him, and he did not falter in that love either. He constantly prayed for their welfare, even pleading with God for the forgiveness of his enemies when they were mocking him on the cross. Jesus lived the righteous life God demanded us to live in his law. This is why we are justified by faith in Jesus. Faith receives Jesus. Faith clings to Jesus and holds to all he has accomplished for us, every word that he ever spoke for us. Faith saves or justifies, not by what it does, but by what it receives. Faith receives Christ. Faith receives God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith receives. Faith cannot receive what God does not give. God must give before there can be any faith. Faith is a gift. Faith receives only what God promises. Faith receives from God by trusting what God says. Faith does not receive anything from God by simply agreeing with whatever God says. Faith trusts in what God says. And that is an important distinction. You see, faith adds two crucial words to the teaching of the gospel for me. In other words, it is all for me. It is mine. God not only wants me to know what Jesus did, he wants me and he wants you to believe that it is all for my benefit, my salvation, for my well-being now and forever. It is for you. Faith is knowledge, assent, and trust. 
And it is that third facet of faith that I'm talking about. Faith is trust. It's the confidence that what God says and does, he says and does for me, for you. You see, faith is personal. That is why faith needs baptism. Now, my faith cannot carry me back to Jesus. I cannot fly back to the time and place where Jesus was saving me from hell. I did not see him heal the sick and raise the dead and preach with such authority that the crowds marveled at his words. I wasn't there when they crucified my Lord, and neither were you when he suffered on the cross, bearing away my sins, our sins, and setting us all free. I wasn't there. I can't go there. But I need Jesus in my life, and so do you. Everyone does. But our faith cannot bring Jesus into our hearts. We're too weak for that. We're conceived and born in sin as we confessed in the hymn. On our own, we are spiritually dead, blind enemies of God. God knows our weakness, so he baptizes us. Listen to how St. John the Evangelist describes Jesus' baptism and our own. He writes in 1 John chapter 5, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit, <clears throat> pardon me, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Jesus came by water. He was baptized. He also came by blood. He was crucified. His baptism sent him to the cross. There are three witnesses here and now today in our lives. The Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood. The Spirit is the absolution, that is, the gospel of the forgiveness of sins that is preached. The water is baptism. The blood is the Lord's Supper, which we will receive this day. When Jesus died, water and blood flowed from his pierced side. This signifies that the sacraments of holy baptism and the Lord's Supper are joined to and join us to the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. If you go into the sacristy, we have a beautiful painting in there depicting this. Christ crucified on the cross, water proceeding from his side along with blood, the water into a font, the blood into the chalice, which we drink of at Holy Communion. And underneath that, St. Paul's words, we preach Christ crucified. You see, your baptism for what, we need to see your baptism for what it is. Baptism is not a mere religious rite that brings you into a religious club of like-minded religious people. Your baptism bridges time and space and brings you back to the Jordan River to hear the words, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Your faith was too weak to bring Jesus into your heart or life, but God's grace is almighty. God joins his grace to holy baptism. When you were baptized, you were washed in the blood of the Lamb. You see, God calls you to find in your baptism the blood that washes you clean of every sin, every stain. Baptism and Jesus go together. This is what our Lord's baptism tells us. Jesus will not be separated from holy baptism. It is, as St. Paul says in Ephesians 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Baptism and Jesus go together. So also, baptism and faith go together. Baptism doesn't save anyone who doesn't believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Remember, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16, 16. Not he who believed, past tense, as if once you are saved you can never fall away, but he who believes, present indicative active. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Faith is always in the present, and so is baptism. Baptism is not just for babies. It is for adults. It is for those entering into this world. It is for those who are leaving this world. And it is for those who are busy living Christian lives in this world. And baptism is what our Lord Jesus has made it. As we confessed in the opening hymn, within the Jordan's sacred flood, the heavenly lamb in meekness stood, that he of whom no sin was known might cleanse his people from their own. The baptism of Jesus is like a negative of a photograph. Now, I understand that those of you who are younger may not get that, right? But that is to say, the baptism of Jesus is the exact opposite of our own. When he was baptized, he was identified as the sinless son of God the Father. When we are baptized, we are identified as sinful children of Adam. When Jesus was baptized, he did it to take on himself our sin. We are baptized so that we may lay our sin on Jesus. Jesus was baptized to put into baptism his righteousness. We are baptized to receive from baptism Christ's righteousness. In Jesus' baptism and our own, this blessed exchange takes place. Our sin becomes Jesus' sin, though he didn't do it. Jesus' righteousness becomes our righteousness, though we didn't do it. Immediately after he was baptized... Jesus went into the wilderness to do battle against the devil. And in like fashion, our baptism sets us at war against the evil one, the father of lies and murderer of souls. Therefore, the question asked of the candidate for baptism is this. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? To which we reply, I do renounce them. When you confess, I am baptized, you claim Christ's righteousness as your own. You confess that you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ himself. St. Paul writes in Galatians 3, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. When you confess, I am baptized, you claim Jesus' victory over the devil as your victory. Baptism is not the work of man. It is the work of God. If it were the work of man, well, then we couldn't trust in it or rely upon it in any way. That would be sinking sand, as it is whenever we try to insert ourselves into salvation. It must be God's work alone, because wherever we stand, well then, that's uncertain. See, baptism is what, God, is what God's word makes it. God's word calls it a washing, a regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, as we read in the book of Titus. God's word is almighty. When God, through the mouth of his servant, calls you by name and joins his name to yours, you are his, and he is yours. You can depend on that. You can stand on it. Were it to, to depend on our doing, it would all fall apart, as I mentioned before. But Jesus has that perfect goodness God requires of us. And he freely gives it to us. And he never asks us how many times we've come back for it. He does not despise our weakness. When our faith is bruised and broken because of our sin, when our faith is 
flickering and about to be extinguished because of our weakness, he does not break off the bruised reed, nor does he snuff out the dimly burning wick of our faith. He meets us where we are, in our poverty, sin, and weakness, just as we are. And he gently restores us, pardons us, speaks kindly to us, and covers our sin with his righteousness again and again and again. This is what it means to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Dear saints in Christ Jesus, we have a treasure in our baptism. When we doubt, are tempted, and begin to lapse into sin, we can reply to the lies of the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh, I am baptized. I have Christ, and Christ has me. He has fulfilled all righteousness, and his righteousness is mine. His victory is mine. I will believe like a Christian and live like a Christian. My faith cannot fly up to heaven to bring Christ down. In my baptism, God has brought Christ to me, and he will never leave me. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for the revelation of Jesus Christ and his wondrous epiphany in the Jordan, and for the revelation of God's name and blessing to us in holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. For all the baptized children of God, that we may daily die to sin and rise to newness of life, let us pray to the Lord. For all who proclaim Jesus Christ, that through their godly message many would repent of their sins and join him in his heavenly kingdom, let us pray to the Lord. For families, that the Lord would bless all parents, especially mothers, to joyfully acknowledge the gifts of spouse, children, and home, and for the elderly, the widowed, and the orphan, that our Heavenly Father would show forth his grace to them so they would not feel alone. Let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, that the Lord would grant humility and integrity to our rulers and bring forth justice according to his word and will. Let us pray to the Lord. For the sick, depressed, tired, confused, and those who are in any need, especially Pat Taney, Norma Horine, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that they would know God's comfort. And for all expectant mothers and their children, especially Samantha Carpenter and Sarah Brown, that they may have a safe delivery and be brought also to the life-giving waters of holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. For all who have received holy baptism, that they would treasure this heavenly gift and so receive the body and blood of Christ for their salvation, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for those who went before us, who passed the faith on to us and now rest in Christ from all their labors, that since we have died with Christ in baptism, we may be raised with him also. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O merciful Lord, grant us confidence in the promises of holy baptism and trust that you will answer our prayers. When the last day comes, bring us into the joy of your everlasting light and life through the merits and mercies of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning and welcome on this uh, blessed day that the Lord has given to us. 
Uh, just to look ahead at the calendar, uh, not just for, for today, but uh, later on through the month as well as you look to the announcements. Of course, Sunday School and Bible Study uh, today after worship. And uh, we're going to be kind of doing two things in one. So in worship, uh, we celebrated the baptism of our Lord. In adult Bible study, we'll actually be studying the texts that are appointed for the first Sunday after the Epiphany. And you're like, well, isn't that the same thing? Well, they overlap. And so those texts are on the boy Jesus in the temple. So that's what we'll be studying for um, adult Bible study. Also coming up this uh, Tuesday, we have Trinity Classical Classroom. And then also there's a scheduled circuit pastors meeting. This is the monthly meeting. It's out in Moberly. That's kind of weather dependent at this point. We don't really know what's going to happen there. Uh, if it's too dangerous to drive, you know, the hour and a half or so it is across the state while it's snowing and blowing, then, well, we'll do it another time. But for now, it's scheduled for 930 on Tuesday. And then this Wednesday, we will begin again with midweek school at 3.30 p.m. Uh, the rest of the announcements there in the bulletin, I'll commend to you. Again, there are things coming up later in the month. Uh, do note that uh, Theology on Tap returns this month to the Parsonage, unlike our uh, all-in-one that we had in December. Uh, also, not written in the announcements, but something I want to make you aware of, uh, we do have preparations for Higher Things, uh, for the Higher Things Conference that are going to begin very soon. Uh, right now, the tentative plan is that we're going to be going to the location in Arkansas this summer, but parents, youth, that we can still be discussing the details of that, so be looking for an announcement to come about an information meeting and getting things pulled together for who all wants to come and everything related to registration and all that. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Anything I may have missed? I saw a baby being lifted up, and for a moment I was like, yeah, the baby? <laughs> Uh, okay, seeing nothing, God's peace be with you as you go, as God's baptized children, baptized in his triune name, God with us and us with him. I'll greet you at the door.